This is Jake Owens with the first episode of my podcast titled Why I Serve, where I interview veterans about their service for our country and what service means to them. Today, we are talking to Virgil Oostendorp. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Oostendorp, and thank you for agreeing to talk to me, and thank you for your service to our country. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Mr. Oostendorp, can you please tell us what branch of the military you served in, where you served, and for what time period? Uh, I was in the U.S. Navy. I joined the uh, Naval Reserve when I was a senior in high school uh, with the idea I was still planning, was planning to go to the University of Iowa. And there was a program at that particular time that it wasn't ROTC, but it was another program that would allow me to uh, come out as an officer having been in the Navy. So what happened is that I, my eyes were not 2020, and I did not pass that physical. So I, uh, my, the Christmas time of my freshman year, I got orders to go on active duty because I had a six-year obligation of which two years was active duty. I was deferred, or I got deferred. Every year I'd get deferred to stay in college. So at the end of my junior year, in order to finish my senior year, I would have had to re-enlist, which would have been two more years of meeting. So I chose to go on active duty at that time. Uh, at that particular time, uh, I was uh, assigned to a carrier, a carrier that was being commissioned at that time out of Brooklyn Navy Yards. And I was on that carrier for one year during its commissioning exercise. We could not, uh, passed through the Panama Canal, so I was able to, we went around South America, saw a lot of country, got to San Diego, and that was at the end of one year, I was transferred to an attack squadron, which was stationed at Leeward, California. We deployed a month later on a different carrier. My original carrier was the USS Constellation. I was transferred, then our squadron deployed on a cruise on the USS Ticonderoga and a lot of flight operations. There were about 12 planes in our squadron, the complement of probably 200 guys. And uh, we traveled, I was able to get to Hong Kong, Japan, the Philippines, I saw a lot of country. Uh, At the end of 22 months, I got out to go back to school, to summer school, so that was my, that was my stint in the Navy. Hang on a minute, yellow. All right, so that was my that was my stay in the in the navy. All right, uh, why did you join the military, and how old were you? I was at that time seventeen and a half, and I don't know. I two of my friends joined the naval reserve, and I went down and talked with them, and I felt at that particular time, uh, I grew up in an era when you know World War Two had ended. When I was probably, well, I was born in 1940. So I knew a lot of, my dad had lost his leg when he was 19, so he did not go in, was not, did not go in World War II, but all his buddies did, and I knew all those guys. And at that particular time, I think there was a patriotic uh, view. Uh, at that time, they had a draft, and I wanted, I did not want to be drafted. So I guess I joined the Navy 
because at the time it seemed like the thing to do. And uh, is that the reason you chose Navy because your friends were doing it? Probably. Okay. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about the decision to serve and what enlisting felt like to you? I repeat that question. <laughs> uh, can you tell a little about the decision to serve and what enlisting felt like to you? Well, I, I mean, I thought it was a patriotic at that time. I, you know, everybody, I, I thought it was a patriotic thing to do, and I, I didn't mind the service. It was a good experience. Any, me. any regrets? No, no regrets. Not, no regrets. Were you nervous about serving in the military? Uh, not really. I mean, it was peacetime when I. Well, Vietnam was just starting to heat up, and Vietnam at that time was. Uh, was getting started, but it, it didn't affect me, per se. And what year did you enlist in? I joined the reserves in uh, 1958. Well, I, I guess, yeah, spring of 1958. Okay. I went on active duty from 1961 to 63. Did you feel you had the support of your family and community? Sure. sure. Why is that? Why did I feel yeah, like support? Yeah, there, there was no rioting at that time, mm -hmm. as opposed to the Vietnam War, which, it, when that war ended, there was, you know, there was a discontent with, our, with fighting, mm -hmm. and uh, but we didn't have that feeling. When I was a, yeah, full backing. What was the best thing about serving? The best thing about serving? Yes. I mean, I, I, I don't really know the best thing about serving. I felt good about serving. Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw a lot of I saw things and did things that I would have never been able to do at, at that particular time. That the you know I had no regrets. I I saw a lot of country, did a lot of things that were pleasant for me. What was it like going to all those countries? It was a great experience. I mean, here I was, a, you know, a relatively young person. And it was just uh, seeing the people, seeing the country. Just, it was a good experience. Did you have any favorite particular country that you visited? Uh, I think Hong Kong was, seeing Hong Kong was good because at that time I knew a, a second lieutenant and we were able to travel to that time to what was called the New Territories, which were people, it was, a, it was really like a media area where people were escaping from China. That's where they were put until they were able to get out of that country. So that was a neat experience seeing how those types of things were. Mm -hmm. It was just a, it was a good experience. And that almost seems like what's going on in Hong Kong today, like the extradition stuff, yeah. that's what all the riots and protests are about. Right. I, yeah, I think, I think uh, they're doing the, those those protests are in the, are doing the right thing. I think that people ought to be free to do what they want to do without controlled by China. Mm -hmm. What was the worst or most unpleasant thing about serving? I don't think I had a, a, an unpleasant thing. I think always when you came home, about that first couple of days, you know, you always felt bad when you had to go back. But after you were back a couple of days, you were in the groove, and we have a great bunch of people. So I, I don't think I had any. Any regrets or any? That's good. What was the most difficult thing you had to do as a soldier? Oh, I don't think I had anything that was really difficult to do. I wasn't a foot soldier in, mm -hmm. you know, in times of war, so I don't. I don't think there was really anything that I found difficult. All right. 
And what was your most memorable experience in the military? Uh, my most memorable experience? Uh, I do, they had flight operations every day and because I was, in the personnel, I was in personnel. Once we got out to sea in that squadron, I, would, I watched a lot of flight operations and what that consisted of is every morning they would have a launch of probably about 15 planes and then an hour and a half later they'd have a recovery and another launch and watching all the flight ops. When we pulled into all these foreign ports they'd put on an air show and I think that was, you know, every, <laughs> they showed all the different maneuvers and all the different things that as a carrier and these planes could do and I thought that was a moving experience. That's really cool. Uh, what does service mean to you and what did you learn about service during your time? What did service mean to me? I, well, I, <laughs> I, I didn't, the service was good. I thought being in the service was a good thing at that time. I still think serving any kind of, serving the country is still good. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's, I, I'm a pretty patriotic soul. And I think we have a lot of liberties in this country that a lot of people don't have. Mm -hmm. And do you think the definition of serving your country has changed through the years? Well, you know, they had the Peace Corps. I mean, quite a while ago, as an alternative to serve, serving in the service, they had the Peace Corps. Well, I know a lot of kids, you know, that got in the Peace Corps that were younger, you know, after my era. And I think, I think serving the country, every, I think everybody ought to do something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I really do. Yeah. Like big or small, whether that's enlisting or back in World War II when it was like save your iron, save all these things, like even helping around household things can support a, a war effort or, yeah, yeah those, definitely enlisting. How did the idea of service change for you from before and after you were in the military? I don't think it changed. You still felt the same way about it? Yeah, right. That's good. Uh, and do you have anything to share with the young men and women currently serving or considering the armed forces? Well, I think... <laughs> Gee, man. How do I feel? I think and look on it as an opportunity. For a lot of people, it's an opportunity. to further their education, to gain a uh, vocation. Uh, so I, I, you know, I guess I didn't really review those questions that well, but I think that it's, uh, repeat the question. <laughs> no problem. Anything to share with the young men and women currently serving or considering armed forces? Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good experience, and I think you grow up a lot when you're in the service. A lot, you know, a lot of people get out of school. Every see in my era, not a lot of people went to college. I was one of the first. I came from, grew up in a small town in Iowa, and I was one of the first kids to go to college in my town. And today, you know, especially around here, if you don't go to college, you know, you've, well, it's just a different world today than mm -hmm. it was then. Definitely. 
I knew a couple of kids uh, that just a couple of years ago that went into the, uh, you know, out of high school, they were, went in uh, the, in the service. Mm -hmm. as a, I don't know what the program was called. <laughs> ROTC? No, they, well, they, no, they went in as officers right out of, right out of high school, I oh, think. Okay. So they went to, went to, a, no, they went to a, an academy school. They went to an academy. That's what it was. They went to the Air Force Academy. They, Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a, a different view on not going to college versus like enlisting, and there's definitely more controversy in the armed for or about the armed forces from society in general right. versus just the patriotic views back right. from your time. Right. And is there anything in the military that you learned that you didn't think you would have learned elsewhere? Or valuable lessons. Valuable lessons. Well, you learned uh, how important it is to. To behave yourself <laughs> and to, uh, well, just being a good person. I mean, I don't think you have to do any of that, but I think all those kind of values are instilled in you before you, you know, as you're growing up. And if you've got a good set of values, a good value system, I think you can just do about anything you want to do. Work hard and play hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything you want to say to my generation or uh, how do you think my generation is different in yours in regards to service? Well, I, I think the generation today, these kids today are so much, they have so many more experiences and such broader knowledge. I mean, they know so much more than I did when mm -hmm. I was growing up. I mean, they really, you really do, you guys. They, what you have available to you today is, to me is, is astonishing. I just can't believe all that mm -hmm. is offered and all that's available. So I, I just think that you know the value system, the thing that the things that you learn at home and you grew up with will stick with you for the rest of your life. You know. Yeah. And do you think that um, the draft or like a needed or needing to be in reserve back when it was more your time. Do you think that the lack of that today is a good or bad thing, or just no difference? Well, I think that I still kind of believe that everybody should do something and serve in some way, do something. Mm -hmm. You know, like I said, the Peace Corps was something that came out a little bit after my era, and I, I feel that. Uh, I think the generation today is more concerned about saving the environment than saving the country. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. you know. But I think we as a country, we've not really, hopefully we never do uh, go through something where we are, where we are attacked in any way. Mm -hmm. Because I think, I don't think there would be the outpouring that there was during World War Two, I don't. Maybe there would be. Hopefully, there's. Going Hopefully to be. not. Yeah. Hopefully, there will be an outbreak. We're going to fight to come to their, come to their country. Um. Uh, what do you think was important to you while you served, or why? You, when you came back, what was some big takeaways that you had? Well, I, 
you know, I don't, I, I look to, to me, being in the service was just like any other job, and I don't think I really had any takeaways or anything mm -hmm. that, that, you know, that really, that really stuck out. And I think when I was there, I was a, a personnelman, and I, you know, I, I did my job, mm -hmm. and uh, kept my contact with, with the outside world, <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I don't. I think it's uh, being in the. It's just like any other job. You know, you mm -hmm. work hard and you do your job. Mm -hmm. What did the You're average people? You know, like mm -hmm. <laughs> what did the average day look like for you while you were in the Navy? Well, the average day, I would you would get up at about six in the morning, uh, eat, then you'd go to work for about four hours, mm -hmm. and then you have an hour you have your lunch, and you mm -hmm. went back to work for another couple hours. And then you know you you could just off when you're out at sea. Then you would you know the things you did. We played uh, a lot of different kind of games, and uh, I don't know. Just we were busy the whole time. Mm -hmm. Was there anything you missed particularly while you were away from home? Uh, well, things I missed. I had met my my wife now when I was a I was a junior and she was a freshman, and we went together for that. And I, we wrote back and forth. I, I missed her. I missed my folks. I, you know, you miss the things you, that you, yeah. you don't know what do. Mm -hmm. You missed the football game. I, although I, while I was in New York City, I did go to the Yankee Stadium a couple of times. But you missed all the, the local things, you know, that you do when you're home. Yeah. I feel like a lot of kids are experiencing that with college, too, like not being around their friends, their family. Probably so. That's probably the same kind of thing. I'm mm -hmm. sure it is. And what was the first thing you did when you got back? Do you remember? That you, the first thing I did? You intentionally did. Well, <laughs> see, we ha I had so much freedom. I, I don't think there was any, I, did, I had a lot of freedom when mm -hmm. I was in the service, so there wasn't anything that I didn't really do that I, you know, that I, uh, I think seeing my, because I was, you know, I was getting back home about every five months or so. Oh, okay. Months. You know, I wasn't even, mm -hmm. I was stuck something for two years. I, I was flying back home, back and forth, mm -hmm. you know, so I, you know, I, I, I didn't really, I don't think, missed out on a lot of things that, <laughs> that's good, that I, you know, that I wouldn't think would do, as opposed to, I had some, some friends that were a little younger than me that were in Vietnam, in, on the front lines, and that was a different story, yeah, you know, I, I lost a couple of friends mm -hmm. in the Vietnam War, and, you know, that, you know, those are, that was a different. That was a different time for those guys in the military. Yeah, especially as the type of warfare is changing from World War yeah. World War Two, where it's just kind of two sides clashing versus guerrilla type warfare yeah. insurgencies. Yeah. Now it's a different. Yeah, it's all together different. Politics. Yeah, and that was demonstrated in Vietnam. Right. And, and now it's changed since Vietnam even. I yeah. Guess. From more prominent in the Middle East. Right. And now with the new, I guess, nuclear theater right. of war. Uh, gases, that type of thing. Yeah. I think war has definitely changed, and service, therefore, has changed as well. But war is still war, and it's a terrible thing. Mm -hmm. You never have to go through it. Yeah. You know. uh, yeah. I don't think it's ever a really pleasant thing to have to happen. Sometimes it's necessary, but yeah. always must be measured and taken accounted for very carefully. Yeah, what's, what's the gain, what's the losses? Mm -hmm. And that's been shown throughout our history for sure.
even uh-huh. back in the uh, in the days of the Romans, you know, the mm-hmm. rise and fall of any empire. Yeah, definitely. And back to our revolutionary days, right. then to the Civil War, which was Americans fighting Americans, right. 1812, right. World War I, World War II. All of them were bad news. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, any last words, any last thoughts? Well, I, I just think that you guys, I mean, I, I, you guys are so much more growing up. What, what grade are you going to be in this year? Uh, I'm a junior this year. You're a junior? Yes. <laughs> when I was a junior, I was hardly going behind the ears. I didn't know, but I didn't know I didn't know. You know. Really, I, I just think that, that uh, as, a gen- as time goes on, we, we develop so much more, you know. Mm-hmm. So many more experiences that I, I think it's great. And a lot of faith in it. In our future generations, just by That's what good. I see, the, yeah. the young people today, I mm-hmm. mean, they're pretty darn smart. Yeah. <laughs> Got some good, you know, level-headedness, I think, you know, going Thank right you. from wrong mm-hmm. and exercising yeah. the right decisions. You know, yeah. We all make the decisions, you've got to make a little decision. Of a big decision. Bad, big decision. Yeah. And level-headedness is good in terms of if you're directing people around right. in the military. Right. right. And especially since now there's more cyber operations. Oh yeah. Computers. Yeah. You hope the guy pushing the button is got his head on straight. Yeah. And I think that that even enters a new whole almost battlefield or type of warfare where, you know, Russia say takes control of our power grid. That, yeah, that's I mean, so much more can change. I mean, mm-hmm. that can knock out. I mean, if you're not ready for that, that can that can knock you out quicker than you know anything. Yeah, and that's yeah. without them risking really anything. Yeah. It's just definitely changing how yeah. we look at things, and who knows what's next. Yeah, what's around the corner? Yeah, even like drone technology. Yeah, autonomous. I think the days of man planes and all that. I mean, that's all mm-hmm. changed. I mean, they, you got a guy setting out the home or something. Omaha directing, <laughs> dropping a bomb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's of the world. I mean, pretty just, wild to think about. Yeah, yeah. Boots on the ground are almost like becoming less and less common. Less and, less and even as like like robots or automatons are on the battlefield, it's uh, no risk to America. Yeah, I just, but I mean, I just like you, gases, poison gases, mm-hmm. nuclear stuff. That's that's. Really terrible. That can mm-hmm. wipe out a country. Yeah, it can wipe out a lot of countries. Definitely dangerous with a hot-headed leader. Yeah, yeah. Particularly in the Middle East or in Asia. Wherever. Mm-hmm. Wherever. It's just dangerous to have, but it's also almost a needed thing, so someone else doesn't do it. Come by. Yeah, right. yeah. The theory of mutually assured destruction. <laughs> that's a good term. Yeah. That's a good term. I think that's yeah. It's been shown that that was been what's keeping countries away from going into nuclear war. Because the other one will, you know, it'll be, they'll come back and they, mm-hmm. they'll destroy everything. Yeah. yeah. And I think I read an article somewhere that, uh, say, 50 nuclear bombs were dropped, it would kick up enough dust in the atmosphere, yeah. that well, nuclear the winter. Whole, the whole country, I mean, the whole universe. Yeah, the whole, yeah, just yeah. black out the sun, be cold, crops couldn't grow. It yeah. wouldn't be good. You take a drop in temperature of two degrees, I mean, mm-hmm. what, what that does. 
mm -hmm. what's happening now with global warming. Mm -hmm. Polar ice caps melting, water rising. I just read in the Tribune this morning, there's some little town in Missouri that <laughs> they've got to decide whether they move the whole town, you know, because of the, it used to be if your house flooded that you'd get insurance to rebuild your home, but now they're changing. If you're in that area and you're not, you don't want to move, they may not do that. Really? And just think of Miami, think of all these coastal towns, mm -hmm. take a ride, even Chicago right now. Of course, a lot of that's cyclical, because I remember 15 years ago, the, the lake was very high, and it was talking about the same things, but I think it's more predominant now. Yeah. Anyway, keep going, right? Yeah. Um, I think that about wraps it up for today. <laughs> well, I don't know how helpful I was. You were my, fine. My experience in the service, it was, I, it was a good experience for me. Although I did really, you know, I wish I could have stayed and finished college. Well, either way you still, I guess, made an impact, were able to serve your country and yeah, it was a good chip in. All right. Okay. Thank you. Well, thank you.